0: Well, hello there. You've successfully tuned your wireless to Between the Laughs, the podcast that dives into the septic tank of comedy to rescue your great aunt's false teeth. Each episode, one of us picks a comedy. We all watch it, then we chat about it. We upload that chat to the internet, then you download it and listen to it now. (laughs) Season 3 of Between the Laughs I'm Rob Cowan in Manchester and I'm joined by Paul Brunger on the other side of Manchester Mike Techman down by the seaside in Brighton and returning from a hiatus Sarah Moore in London Hello everyone Hello, Hello. So it's been a while since we last got together to record Between the Laughs uh, nice. and I noticed that basically all podcasts are now copying us in recording remotely over the internet uh, so it, it took a pandemic to force them to do something we were already doing out of sheer laziness Um what have we all been enjoying during? Um, well, depending on when you're listening to this, either lockdown one, lockdown
1: two, or lockdown three. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, lockdown one was uh, framed by by Tiger King for me. That was uh, yeah. That was kind that of classic
0: a... lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown one material. Everybody, nobody can really remember much of that time, apart from I mean, apart Sarah, you Tiger gave birth, King, didn't yeah. you? But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Tiger King.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that was the starting gun, really, wasn't it? Tiger King. Yeah.
2: Well, my Uh, lockdown was a bit weird because I started it six months pregnant. um, And (laughs) for the last three months of my pregnancy, the only um, entertainment I took on was exclusively podcasts about serial killers, (laughs) um, which really sort of got me into the right frame of mind for for motherhood.
0: (laughs) Any, Any particular recommendations?
2: Right, all killer no filler. It's one of those podcasts that, for people who haven't heard it yet, I am so jealous of you because it's brilliant, um, <laughs> and I've listened to all of them now. So I am like waiting every week for for the next instalment. Um, so it's two comedians, um, Rachel Fairburn and Kerry Pritchard McLean, um, who basically have a mutual love of serial killers. Um, and have a disclaimer at the start to say that they're not glorifying them but um, talking about them stops them writing to them in prison um, and, it's, um, and it's just a really fun um, entertaining look at serial killers done in a respectful way to the victims it's, it's very good
0: Excellent, I will, I will check that out um, um, I really enjoyed, um, what if I watch, This Country Oh, fantastic uh, which, show it's it's been on for a few years. How many seasons are there? Three. three, three, three. They've they stopped after the third. They've stopped. It's not yeah. coming back, something. But it, oh, it's oh, it's just lovely, isn't it? It's, it's fantastic. It's so well observed. Yeah. One thing we're going to do a full episode on this, I think, uh, in the, in the near future. So we'll not. I don't want to dwell on it too much. But one thing that really confuses me about it is how old the characters
1: are meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, let's keep our powder dry on that one. But I think yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, they're they're anywhere between sort of 16 and 35 i think it's (laughs) um
0: i also uh finally got round on like the third or fourth attempt to really get into the u.s office
1: um oh same that was my first lockdown after tiger king
0: yeah and it i I really i really enjoyed it and i think you were you were a little bit ahead of me mike on, on this and you were kind of warning me what happens and I did. I did kind of get to the point as you described, where you are attached to the characters but no longer actually laughing.
1: Yeah, you get kind of Stockholm syndrome from it, you, don't you, you kind of you, you persist because you feel like you like owe owe something to the show, despite yeah. the fact the episodes start to become quite painful.
0: So I stopped. I stopped watching shortly after uh, Steve Carroll left that's um, I, wish I I did that at the last uh, when I realised there were still two full seasons uh, and it was getting worse I,
1: I, I cut my losses then I kept thinking Steve Carell was going to come back because I didn't yeah. bother to look it up and I was like oh it'll be funny when he comes back uh, and then he never did um, yeah I, I did exactly exactly that except I did look it up and, and that's that was <laughs> that was my cut off he <laughs> popped out for a pack of cigarettes and he never came back
2: <laughs> so how does yeah. it how does it compare to the UK office I
1: I really like it.
0: It's, it's very different. I think I think the UK office has twelve episodes or plus plus extra uh, plus specials. Twelve episodes of kind of very very condensed pure excellence. This is probably never quite at the same peak, but they do sustain a very high level of comedy for
1: yeah. It's quite very- a lot of seasons. It's a very different show as well, right? The, yeah. the UK office is quite, like, excruciating in terms of the the level of cringe it'll take you to. Um, and the US office is just a little bit more uh, cheerful and yeah. um, a bit more character-focused. There always seems to be some sort of positive resolution, whereas I don't think there's a single UK office episode that ends positively <laughs> for uh, David Brennan at all.
3: Do you,
0: yeah, and it's 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 much less uh, realistic as well there's a bit more kind of wacky humour in there it's, it's not it is filmed as a, as a mockumentary but it's
1: yeah it's more Parks and Rec than yeah and um, it's
0: from the same stable, uh, Parks yeah. and Rec I think was meant yeah. to be a spin-off wasn't it
1: yeah 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 they're both uh, Michael Michael Schur
0: yeah do you master. think it's possible
3: when you're doing US series that are sort of 20 something 24 25 episodes long to make something that is consistently on as much of a high as sort of a more typical uk six or eight because there's so many things that i think i really love that are actually always turn out to be short run series whereas i struggle to think of something with a 24 episode series that at some point i am there out of habit (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah yeah i think
2: you're right and I think so like some... if you if you sort of look at the the UK office, there's probably dips within episodes, aren't there? Mm. Um, but they're it's much smaller because it's a much smaller period of time altogether. Um, yeah. and I suppose if you blow something up to the scale of the, the US office, then those bits are bound to be amplified as well.
1: Yeah, and I think I think after a while they use up their ideas, right? If you if you make you can you can come up with twelve absolutely killer ideas, but if you've got to do 100 odd episodes then <laughs> your 12 ideas are great ideas aren't going to go that far you need to sort of string them out and spread them over multiple episodes and um, put in some filler and yeah
0: this is what the, yeah. the TV series um, episodes explored isn't it I mean I don't, I don't think I saw I watched it for a lot longer I don't think it was that great but is you remember the show with um Tamsin and Grieg and, and Joey from Friends and uh, oh,
2: that, yeah. that is actually something I watched during lockdown um, did you? that was yeah that was my one exception to the serial killers um, I watched I watched a whole lot um, yeah I thought it was excellent actually I really enjoyed it um, I mean I, I was quite sleep deprived at the time so
0: <laughs> it's, it, but, but I, I remember the first Couple of episodes of that when they so they the premise is they've they've created a hit UK sitcom and they've they've signed the deal to take it to the US and they're having to make all these ridiculous compromises and and at first you kind of you're on their side it's like this is ridiculous bloody Americans you know watering down their comedy and then somebody sits them down and explains to them right what would have happened if, if in Friends Ross and Rachel had just got together in the first episode and then were happily together you know you've got to you've got to have the plots that can that can span develop. seasons to keep and develop over time to keep people adjusted in a way you can't for a twelve episode. there's
3: a thing there because I've raised this before with with us sitcoms is exactly to your point about the Ross Rachel scenario. They're desperate for you to give a toss about the the relationships between the characters, which as a general rule, I I very much do not care about Ross and Rachel getting together, but they better be bloody funny on the way. <laughs> well, I think I think that in the US office,
0: you know, obviously the UK office had Tim and Dawn uh, as a will they won't they, but that only needed to be sustained for for twelve episodes. Um, who, who are the equivalent characters in in the US office? I've already forgotten uh, their Jim names. And Pam. Jim Pam. and Pam. Yeah, and and they that they sustain for much longer and then they eventually reach the point where they just have to make them a, a couple and they introduce other equivalent plot lines between other sets of characters and things like that and do kind of continue stringing out that will they won't they just with other people does that
3: happen um, in real life or or in fact do you just get to won't they because someone goes out with someone
1: else i think usually yeah <laughs> i um I, my other one bugbear with the uh, US office and US versions of UK sitcoms in general is they always make everybody too good looking
3: yes yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I think you know the uh <laughs> The office felt so real because you had someone like Gareth in it, and and, and everybody everybody looks kind of plain or uh, or not. Yeah, they made him look they made uh, him look worse
3: than he than he is yeah. as well. Um, I watched uh, Chris O'Dowd and Rosamund Pike in State of the Union, which is great because the episodes are really short which is what I look for (laughs) in in television but that is very good that is uh, them just before a session of marriage counselling meeting for the time it takes to have one drink in the pub opposite the marriage counsellor and that is that is very good did
2: you did you watch it with your wife I did watch it with a wife and so I watched it with my husband. Did you find you had to pause it for meaningful looks at one another yeah, every sort of 30 seconds or so?
3: Absolutely. Definitely some taking of sides at some uh, at some moments as well. Uh, absolutely necessary. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, we don't need to go to marriage therapy now because we've watched that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we made a 10 minute episode last probably 40 minutes because I had to pause it. Yeah. So I- <laughs> I really think we actually do need to discuss this, though, Hugh. Um,
3: (laughs) Yeah. No. I so I I watched that, and then I just fell into that sort of lockdown anhedonia of not really enjoying anything. So I thought I'd at least watch something worthy, and I've watched all 24 parts of what was then the most expensive documentary of all time, World at War, narrated by Laurence Olivier. Not a lot of laughs. laughs.
0: The World at War, is that's another one of those ones where America's been trying to do remakes for years, isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify or however else you consume your podcasts. If you leave a funny review, I will definitely read it out next time. We also do social media with a variety of inconsistent handles. So please get in touch with your thoughts via Twitter at Between Laughs, Instagram at Between Laughs and Facebook.com slash Between the Laughs or email us at Between the Laughs at gmail.com. Mike, it was your turn to kick off season three with a choice of comedy and you've picked Community. Uh, Following the shenanigans of a community college study group, Community ran for six seasons between 2009 and 2015. Written by Dan Harmon of Rick and Morty fame and featuring an ensemble cast including Don Glover, Ken Jeong, John Oliver, Chevy Chase and loads of other famous people. Tell us why you're a fan, Mike
1: very presumptuous that I'm a fan Uh, but actually I am it's a it's just a really good show it kind of it nestles between being a kind of switch your brain off sitcom that has enough episodes that you can just sort of plough through um, and and feel kind of whatever mood you're in Um, um, give you some laughs along the way it nestles between that and actually doing some things that are slightly more clever um there's a lot of uh kind of meta commentary on um on sitcoms and tv shows uh, and filmmaking within it there's uh a really good selection of characters that are all genuinely different they all kind of a bit ridiculous or very ridiculous in the case of uh some of them um, hmm. but the but you sort of you you find an attachment to them you kind of you have a feeling of who in the group you'd be hanging out with um and i think I, there's a self-awareness within it that i really like of uh what was a relatively ridiculous premise at the start of uh jeff winger the handsome hotshot lawyer um being found out for lying about his uh his law degree and having to go to community college to to retake and they kind of just throw that away about halfway through Hmm. season one um, and just kind of really like knuckle down into doing some absolute ridiculous stuff. And you kind of, you really get that sort of, you can see Dan Dan Harmon kind of um, working the muscles that he will eventually be using in Rick and Morty. It's also was uh, co-written by the Russo brothers who uh, wrote and directed the Four of the MCU films. So, we did America, Captain America: Civil War, uh, Avengers: Endgame, Avengers: Infinity War, and one of the other ones, uh, I think. Um, and you sort of see them them from from my perspective. Is it seems like a, a sort of tug of war between them wanting to have a kind of really traditional sitcom, um, and Dan Harmon wanting to spend an episode you know, looking at six different alternate timelines. <laughs> yeah. Um and, and I really like that. It gives you a lot of variety.
0: I think it took me a little while to properly get into it. I, I, as in, I was instantly enjoying it. I thought it was funny from the first two minutes. Um, but... After a couple of episodes, I was like, "You know what? I think I might just file this with Brooklyn Nine-Niners. Something that's quite funny. And if somebody else is watching, I'd, I'd watch and enjoy. But I'm not sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this and watch it uh, for however many seasons. Mm. It was six seasons. But then it got better. I got more attached to the characters. And then um, I think uh, you, Mike, proposed a couple of particular episodes um, from season two and season four. the the paintball and the um the yahtzee game which were just brilliant really really enjoyed them and now i'm now i'm hooked really really just watching it plowing through these
3: yeah i i I probably started off similar to you because it starts off it feels a bit like kind of a plain sitcom and it's got some of these typical kind of american sitcom traits like they make out like they want you to care about whether Uh, Jeff and Britta get together and they expect each episode to kind of have a moral where, you know, Jeff successfully seizes the day or whatever it is we're trying to do things about. And so I'd watched that first part of the first series and I was kind of there with you that, well, this is kind of fine, but I don't know that I would pursue it outside of the context of homework for this. Um, But you've always got got to be careful when you do this thing that we do because, you tend to start at the beginning and a lot of us are raving completists thinking well I'll plough through the first season which is them sort of getting the hang of it and working out what they're going to do and then I thought skipping to the paintball stuff that you'd recommended towards the end of the first series you already sort of thought oh, okay no this is, this is different because in the sort of the plain sitcom bit at the start I think it's best when they're doing something a bit surreal which is often sort of yes. John Oliver coming in and saying some weird stuff um, and then yeah. they going away um, and then there's sort of the, the study group pits are not that hot but then when you sort of watch things like the, the paintball and things like the Yahtzee game and the alternate timelines and you think oh no yeah this is definitely stronger when it's being weird uh, and, I, and I'm a big you know I did really enjoy that stuff so potentially I might go back but I might start <laughs> about 10 episodes after where I left off at the start
2: yeah it's one thing I find quite interesting in watching the whole the whole lot is um, you could really see some of the the behind the scenes stories if you read about them. So stuff like and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mike, but I think Dan Harmon had a series off, um, and so you can really feel the difference during that whole series, which I think is is one of the later ones, maybe series four. Um there's a real dip. Um and also I think Chevy Chase fell out with um certainly Donald Glover um and various others of the ensemble um and was just a bit a bit like his character Pierce, I think, not terribly woke um and and quite offensive. Um, and so sort of understanding some of those tensions when we're watching it um i found really interesting that's a
3: bit method um, isn't it you think, don't want to do that
2: <laughs> well exactly especially because because the whole thing is quite method anyway isn't it and they're very knowing and <laughs> yeah. uh you yeah. know the, the things that they're doing so if you add another layer to that it's uh yeah it's pretty deep viewing um, <laughs>
1: Yeah. I think yeah. I think the whole show for me hinges around two characters that make it actually work uh well three characters maybe let um, us guess let us guess okay Abed guess who Abed yeah he's he's number one Troy Troy no I think you can do it without Troy
2: so
0: uh, okay um oh uh the Spanish teacher
1: yeah Senor Chang yeah
2: and um
1: and the and the lawyer guy nope
2: no the principal
1: guy the dean the dean the dean yeah Yeah. later on in the later series he is just fantastic like he's he uh, he has a recurring bit where he will walk into the study group in a funny costume and then use some sort of dean pun uh, (laughs) to deliver some kind of news to the group Um, and they really like really nestle in with that they're really <laughs> the, the, they really like get some mileage out of it and have him like talking to his PA because he's like oh I need to go tell the study group something I need a new outfit like, which one <laughs> will go to this, this cupboard full of clothes that he puts on just to go and tell the study group something and I think <laughs> those three characters are the ones that bring that surrealness in that allows you to have like uh, straight laced vein lawyer guy reacting to a campus-wide paintball event
3: yeah he is he is kind of the straight man a lot of the time isn't he because i mean it's interesting the other thing i struggled with right at the start is whether whether anyone was actually nice <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But, it's like the stock book club phrase oh, i couldn't sympathize with any of the characters and you just think like i can't work out if if jeff is the acceptable level of, of being a dick or not, or whether he's an unacceptable
2: dick? I, I think I think Abed is the heart of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you don't, and it took me a little while to realise that because he just seems like a bit of a sort of off the wall character to to begin with. Um, yeah. But as as you watch, like I think he's the sort of the moral compass and the heart of the program.
3: Yeah, and you and you I do like think the, the one bit that you do feel like, oh, this is nice, and I can I can feel. I can feel like I relate to this is the little bits at the end with Troy and Abbott where they'll be doing something stupid and that, that you just think, ah, these are people I could spend time with. This is nice. (laughs) And and I like that they're the kind of,
0: they're the unlikely friendship, but also really quite believable. You can imagine those two guys becoming like really good friends, even though they've got very little in common.
2: Which I think is what happened, I think is what happened, isn't it? And that was, um, from what I understand, I think the Troy and Abed stuff um, sort of came about quite organically through that friendship. um, Between between the the actors? actors. Yeah, between the actors, I think so. And I think a lot of Troy's, Troy in particular's lines in the show were improvised as well.
1: Yeah, I mean Donald Glover is obviously an incredibly funny man. Like his stand up's really good, and I think I think you can sort of see that happening through the characterization of Troy because he starts off as this kind of like sulky ex quarterback, and by maybe ten episodes in, they they just don't mention it again. <laughs> like they don't, you know, he's not, he doesn't really, he's not, you know, he's not into football anymore. Like he never really talked about it. He's not this jock at all by that point. He's like. Abed's sensitive mate um which is actually a really great foil for Abed's um to have uh, this this very sensitive guy who's you know whimsical in the same way as he is but like really cares about him and uh, I think yeah it's really it really works i think around around that point presumably the writer's realized that Abed and Troy are particularly with was the thing that was actually driving the show and jeff starts to feel a lot less like the main character as you go on um it kind of starts off as his story and then it i mean like in the se- i'm on season three and i i don't think i've heard him mention that he really wants to get back to being a lawyer does at he all. does he um, kind of remain the
0: almost the chair of the the study group though
1: yeah he stays the leader yeah um he he kind of gets brought in to mediate disputes and like do a rousing speech most episodes and that sort of thing but I think they get a i think they get to the point where they've kind of got as much mileage as they can out of him i mean in this in the series i'm on it's, it's the, the main sort- of his main storyline is a kind of will they won't they with annie um which <laughs> They wisely just don't put stuff in for every episode about because it's kind of like, uh, it's not there's not a lot of meat to it, but also it's more interesting from Annie's perspective anyway. So she gets a lot more time, uh, a lot more development.
0: I, I, re- I yeah, the we've mentioned a couple of times the the Yahtzee pizza party episode, uh, with the six different timelines. I, I, I thought, um, I thought that was really great. I thought, kind of, that, that creativity, um, Reminded me of a little bit, sort of, inside Number Nine, um, yes. and and also season two of Master of None, where every episode of that they tried to do something, pushing the boundaries in some way.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that, and they definitely take the time to do that. For example, there's like an episode um, where they are looking for Annie's pen and the whole way through it, they're talking about whether or not it's good to do a bottle episode, uh, which is yeah. a, obviously the industry term for a, an episode where you've, uh, you locked everybody in a, in a bottle. Um, yeah. and, uh, the, there's sort of a lot of these uh, kind of knowing winks that are kind of like, you can see the lines have just been taken out of what was being discussed in the writer's room. Like, can we do a bottle episode? It seems like it's played out. Uh
0: <laughs> and, and, they, and they dive yeah. straight into that in season one really with having Abed um, kind of he's, he's not quite breaking the third wall he just like, the premise is that he thinks he's in a, a sitcom so he's describing things around him as though he's the narrator in a sitcom and in doing so narrating an actual sitcom
3: have you only got three walls yeah.
0: Rob? <laughs> Are you in a triangle
3: theatre? <laughs> is it the fourth yeah, wall? It it's the fourth, the fourth wall, wall. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise you oh, haven't oh, got sense, house. So You've
1: just got... No. They were, they were very poor where Rob <laughs> came from. They only had three walls on their theatre. <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I, 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 yeah, I'm thinking of a bus shelter, aren't I?
1: I don't know what you're thinking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Even a bus shelter has four. How'd you get in? Uh, if you can the chop yeah. one. I oh, without
3: well, <laughs> <laughs> you a roof! Not to the roof. He's broken the sixth wall. He's gone directly to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did. I did think. Um, I definitely think the the stuff where they sort of make references to being on telly. Uh, sometimes I quite like it, and sometimes I feel like they are having their cake and eating it a bit. Where they where they say like oh, oh this yeah. this should be really lazy wouldn't it and these and characters wouldn't do that yeah, and these and people wouldn't it. hang around together and you're thinking oh no no he's right these people wouldn't hang around to-. like if you were at college and and you drifted into that study group in the same way they have you you would drift right back out of it you take one look at Pierce and go you no chance <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah it it reminds me a little bit of the sort of Stuart Lee stick of um commenting on what you're doing with your stand-up as you're doing the stand-up <laughs> yes um, and yeah. it's like it's it's funny for a bit and it's quite clever and then it starts to wear off a little bit doesn't it um, yeah. and then you do it something. For more and more
0: and more and then it becomes funny again
2: <laughs> yeah but only, only to a point i just think yeah I, yeah i mean this isn't about stuart lee but if it was um, <laughs> i would say that i've you know yeah get something new Stuart
1: <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think you can sort of you can see what Dan Harmon's taken from it to Rick and Morty you can, yeah. because there is that, that self-referential the- vein through Rick and Morty but the through lines are stronger and it just works so much better in those shorter seasons um, because it's not it doesn't feel so sparse in Rick and Morty I think my one criticism of community is that like there are quite there are stretches of episodes where you feel like not a lot's happening and you're kind of yeah. kind of enjoying it but you're not you're not fully drawn in like you are in yeah. some of the episodes. especially when you can see I mean, you, when you
3: can kind of see it's coming as well and you're like yeah this, yeah, this exactly. day will get seized they will because there's, there's yeah. an inordinate amount early on of people falling out and then unfalling yeah. out and you just think well yeah of course that they happens. were always going to fall- unfall out it's
1: episode 5 yeah that happens I mean that happens quite a lot throughout the run really it's um, and I think it's there are some episodes that you find just, I find myself thinking should I just skip this one <laughs> like there was a there was one I was watching that was like a it was the second time they did a clips episode and I just I hate clips episodes oh, and yeah. everything they're always bad I hate it when the Simpsons do it I hate when other shows that I'm sure do it do the it the
3: Seinfeld finale yep bloody hell the book if on a winter's night a traveller <laughs> what <laughs> sorry I just wanted to do a really niche reference uh, that, that is a book that very much reads like a clip show uh, and then gets gets lauded for being like that when it, in fact it is bad
1: you mean it's a short story book cool. yeah <laughs>
3: No, oh, we, we haven't got time to go into this. <laughs> just just edit all of this out, I'll tell you later. Edit all of that, take it out straight in the bin. No more books. No, no more books, wrong kind of podcast. I do agree, I do really, the thing where you can see some of the stuff from, from Rick and Morty as well, because when they're sort of early doors, when they're trying to decide what is it that we do that is really funny, um, you can tell some of the bits where they go into sort of that little rapid back and forward chat. Uh, thing that they do in Rick and Morty, where they, it's just you know clever people yeah. making barbs with each other, uh, and that is that is still funny and very good. Like when John yeah. Oliver sort of gets done for English jokes and makes some American jokes back, and this sort of quick interchange is is quite Rick and Morty. I thought,
1: yeah, I think he's pretty good in it as well, John Oliver. Um, he's never he's never wowed me much as an actor but I think he's uh, I think he's actually he's pretty funny I mean he's playing John Oliver I think he's the uh, sort of the
3: intermediate stage in John Oliver isn't it because when you see John Oliver on <laughs> Mock of the Week and he's wearing a garish giant baggy shirt like a 90s person <laughs> but with a 70s haircut and then on uh Last, last week tonight. yeah exactly when, he, when he's super polished and this is like the, the intermediate Pokemon evolution between that final form and <laughs> how he started <laughs> it's, off. The of, it's the
1: Charmander <laughs> it's of the Charmander He's the Charmander John Oliver <laughs> Char, no Charmeleon oh sorry, my <laughs> yeah, sorry if you Charmelian. said Wartortle I could have felt confident in that but... yeah. yeah I was more of a Squirtle man too I don't know why I <laughs> well, went Charmeleon <laughs>
2: Have you got to the bit where um Omar out of the wire comes to teach science? Yes. <laughs> yes Bam. I mean that's amazing. Yeah. It's
1: such a great plot, plot line.
2: And, and then he just goes. Um, yeah. so he comes for like I think just for a season and we loved it. Um yeah. and then and then he just disappears without a trace never mentioned again.
1: A lot of people uh, exit off screen. <laughs> they just yeah, like leave exactly. the show. Uh, with no kind of trace uh, and or real explanation other than the dean saying so. Hmm.
2: Um, yeah, I've Although just I've. They did sorry. properly. They did properly kill off um, Pierce in Stubborn. the end.
1: Oh, really? Uh, I've not got to Piers, that bit yet.
2: Yeah, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, Whoa! <laughs> because, but I think I find that quite interesting as well from the, the meta perspective, because I think everyone was just so pissed off with Chevy Chase, by Chevy Chase even by that point, that, you know, they, they killed him off. There was no return. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think the
1: show could easily have lost Piers quite early on. I mean, I suppose there needs to be a baddie, but... <laughs> He's also in the group, so sometimes he's a goody. Uh... It, is, it is enjoyable watching him be a baddie, like in the second Paintball one
3: where he set up his little fort. He's <laughs> such an obvious yeah. sleazeball. I, re- I thought that was my favourite Pierce moments, were probably uh, his whole thing setting up his sleazy fort, which ostensibly he'd done in like 24 hours or whatever it was that had actually <laughs> elapsed in the episode uh, and I also I really enjoyed the bit where he's trying to get voice command to work on his phone yeah, the, the yes, yeah. that really because yes. I watch people do that and that is just universally funny
1: I've just uh, I've just been on a little arc the Senior Chang's arc uh, in season three where he he Stages a coup to overthrow the dean and takes over the whole of the community college <laughs> for about five episodes is just, it's brilliant. It's so funny.
2: Yeah, it's very good. And is it season one when we realise that he can't speak Spanish? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I've got to that bit yet, but it. He says that he's listed everything he learned, everything he knows he learned from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've got a really stupid favourite Senor Chang moment, which is, in the first paintball one where he's a professional paintballer, uh, I really like that his gun makes the wrong noise whenever it finishes firing, and it starts making the sort of the winding down noise of a big mini gun, spinny round thing, and it's yeah. just like a paintball gun, <laughs> and it's just, I love yeah, the fact yeah. that that's, cause when that gun comes back in the next series, it still does the yeah. wrong sound, and that just really tickles me. <laughs>
2: I really enjoyed um, the bit at the end of episode two when uh, Jeff decides to do the right thing and uh, complete the Spanish project with Pierce Um, and they do the whole slow motion sort of movie Um, I thought it was brilliant especially when they had the Israeli flag um, because that was obviously a reference to the joke earlier. yeah I thought that was really good made me laugh
3: and, they, and then they got an F <laughs> yeah. yeah you expect it to be like oh he's turned it round by doing the right thing and it's great that they subverted and everyone still hates them
2: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
3: <laughs> I think my favourite bit was the, the darkest timeline from the pizza episode so, that, yeah. so people are told oh, me yeah. that's the thing that's the reason you watch it is because because of the darkest timeline and I thought oh I was watching through it and I was like okay this is this is okay it's clearly building to something um, because a lot of the jokes don't immediately pay off in the first sort of two or three even uh, timelines, and you just think, "Oh, I'm not sure where this is going." And then when it all comes together in that one, it's so good. I, I was just in bits. And you know, sometimes totally when you watch something violent. on your own, like we often have to do for this, uh, you d- I don't find it. You laugh out loud as much, but I was lolling my socks off uh, when that mm, happened. And yes. also, again, then the crossover between the darkest timeline and. Troy and Abed at the end of the episode <laughs> it makes them all yeah. fake ears <laughs> and Troy hasn't got a larynx <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> and then it was all a dream
1: was it? or was it? or was it? no it was an old yeah. or yes
0: no but then at the very end oh. it's Abed and, and Troy watching TV Abed's uh, dropped off he wakes up oh they're just in another like, reality because that- that's where they're trying to get
3: back to <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought that was they're them in. in the in the in the, re, the actual reality, having dreamed all of the other realities. So many layers. It's like oh, Inception. Sh- yeah. <laughs> if you if you had to be um, locked down for three months
3: with one of the characters, who are you going to pick? Shirley, absolutely no question. She'd do a lot she would of baking. baking she's very quite annoying. annoying, and she's all. But yeah, but the, the the relationship that she forges with Jeff when they're having their gossip thing. I yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that. Whereas like I just yeah, no, she she maybe maybe Troy, but probably Shirley I think is, is my lockdown buddy.
2: Oh yeah, I think I think Shirley would be far too irritating So <laughs> um I think I'd go for Troy because he's he's quite a sensitive soul, isn't he? He's quite nice. Um and yeah, I like I like how he cares for Abed I think he's sweet.
1: I think I'd go Arbed uh, I think you know I've got a room I can turn into a dreamatorium <laughs> uh, we can you know there's a I don't know if you've seen it in the stuff you've watched uh, Robin Paul but there's a uh, uh, he gets obsessed with the British TV show Inspector Space Time
3: <laughs>
0: it's, um.
1: a, it's a thinly veiled uh, copy of Doctor Who um, <laughs> so uh, I think you know we could watch some Inspector Space Time together we could we uh, could you know work on some movies I think, uh, think it be great so Rob you've got to choose
3: between Alice and Brie Britta Jeff and uh, Pierce <laughs> I, I do think um, Abed and Troy kind of. if you could get
0: them as a dual package would be oh, great yeah, yeah. I think without, Troy on yeah. his own Troy on his own might be a bit too intense Abbott on his own might be a bit too weird um, Senor Chang would be uh, would be a roller coaster. I think I think you have some stories. <laughs> like if, if I locked out with Senor Chang for three months, I think the next season of Between the Laughs would would begin with a Maybe hell of down. a tale. I, I think yeah. that would be the
3: most like living with a cat because I think if anyone's going to arbitrarily push it off your table, I can imagine it's Senor Chang.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but I, th- th- I think but I think that's the, the great thing about this show, uh, and I, I, have, I have had a bit of an obsession since since we started this podcast of really paying attention to episode one of things and mm. then kind of reflecting back on episode one, I'm thinking about how much did I really learn about those characters? How well did they introduce the characters? How, how organically did they do it? And I think, <laughs> well, this, they didn't have to do it organically because it was a bunch of people meeting each other for the first time, which really helps. But they, but I thought with, within two and a half minutes of watching, uh, I knew who the characters were
3: But it's a a very deliberately inorganic way of doing it because they go, oh, we've all got a thing. Imagine, it's like a sitcom. This is his thing. This is her thing. This is his thing.
1: We've all been invited to this situation from which we are going to be (laughs) contained. Hopefully we
3: can all add some comedy to it.
1: (laughs) I think also they they meander quite a long way away from the initial characters they set up, uh, which is good because I think they... uh, they didn't like nail it first time i think um
3: none of them are likable really at the start are they you kind of got to go oh god people don't want to spend time with these people
1: (laughs) we've seen that
0: with with other shows as well like parks and rec where oh absolutely they, they reboot a lot of the cast after season one to to make them into who they become later
2: yeah absolutely i i wondered as well with the first episode how much of it um you know how much they ever intended to keep the characters quite as kind of cliched as they were to begin with because yeah. of course the first episode was based on the breakfast club wasn't it um yeah. and so the whole idea of that is um these like real stereotypical high school uh, cliches and and that group coming together um and I think that was that was what they were trying to do in the first episode but then I think quite quickly kind of moved away from those um going forward
1: yeah. I think um, there's some, there's just some really good plot lines in this show. Like there's one that you can look forward to that kind of goes on across a few seasons, like just slowly in the background. They pick it up whenever they want to. Of um, Troy being uh, a prodigy at plumbing. And uh, they set up this situation where there's like an insolvable maths problem on a blackboard with a janitor looking at it. Uh, and Troy comes and stares at it for a bit and rub something out and the janitor's like working on a um uh, a water fountain and you can't get it to f- work and he walks off and troy fixes the water <laughs> fountain <laughs> leaving the maths uh, equation on the board and uh, he's then you know there's a secret cult of uh, air conditioning repair people who are trying to recruit him and it's, it's very <laughs> silly and very good
0: community is available on netflix in both the uk and the us finally it's time for our best named feature uh, I've got 99 sitcoms, but this pitch ain't one. Uh, I've been asking Mike for 18 months now if he's willing to um, to record uh, a jingle for this. Mike, are you any closer to recording a jingle for this?
1: Uh, I mean, I got a new guitar recently, so... <laughs>
3: I thing. thought you were going to be asked. I, I thought you are going to say you've been waiting eighteen months to do any prep for this. <laughs> no, I, I don't anticipate that changing either. Um,
0: still bloody wins Own them all, uh, doesn't he? <laughs> of course he does. Well, we've got we've got Sarah now, so maybe maybe he's got some competition.
3: I, I maintain that all of my suggestions would have been critically acclaimed. But cancelled after one series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the
0: thing. I, I, the role I'm playing here is is rather as a bit populist. I'm representing a mainstream network. I want, I want to, I want to fill the gap in this, in the schedule uh, that Seinfeld left behind. It's 1994, by the way.
1: 1994. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's an important. Right, I can make this all a lot fact. more sexist now.
0: So anyway, um, before the show, I allocated our comedy experts, that's uh, Mike, Sarah and Paul, um, a plot line produced by an algorithm. Um, And I'm playing the role here of the commissioning editor of NBC Comedy. I'm going to sit in a big leather chair in a big oak-paneled room. I'm going to take a puff on my pipe, uh, and I'm going to cast judgment on them as they present their sitcom pictures to me. Now, anyone who listened to season two, the short Mini season that was season two of Between the Last um, would have seen that these sometimes went on for a little little too long.
3: So I've imposed new rules. You're selling this we so well. well. In the interests the, interest, in the interest of
0: brevity, um, there's a 30 second time limit, which I will strictly enforce. I'm going to get my timer on my phone. Um, so you essentially, what's going to happen is our three comedy experts are going to, going to based on the, the plot line I'm about to tell you they will propose a show to me they're going to tell me who the cast is they're going to tell me uh, what the title is very importantly and what the general premise is the style anything like that and I'm going to decide as the commissioning editor of NBC Comedy whether they are suitable to fill fill the slot that in the real timeline got filled by friends I guess um, are you the next friends is, is, is the question here the so, answer is no in my case um, uh, this week's plot line is in 1940s Boston, window washers worry about their loved ones in a restaurant kitchen. In 1940s Boston, window washers worry about their loved ones in a restaurant kitchen. Um, we drew lots before the show, and uh, Mike
1: is going first. Mike, okay, that's good. Uh, I was worried someone else would use my show idea Have My time started uh, yes, no,
3: yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> sorry about uh, that when shit, you're ready? 30 seconds <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you ready off you go okay so obviously I assumed that we're talking about Lincoln Boston Lincolnshire um, <laughs> in this sitcom so I've taken uh the, the two window cleaners are going to be played by Lincolnshire's favourite son and daughter Robert Webb and Jennifer Saunders uh, and they're window washers in 1940 during the war Webb is uh, out of the war because he's have had a hilarious injury that stopped him fighting uh, and Jennifer Saunders is uh, you know ha- passionate about the war effort so they're they're window washing to
0: okay can I just pause a second? We've we've had thirty seconds there. Strictly I feel observe, like many thirty seconds observed, isn't enough. Strictly observed. Strictly <laughs> observed. So so so. Um, I mean,
2: I don't think you can change the rules at this no, stage, Rob. Surely. No, the con- the content well, I, of this
3: of this nine series friends monstrosity is that, that Robert Webb's got a bad leg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you, you're,
3: you I suppose you two have both practiced and got
0: your pictures down to thirty seconds, so so you're gonna argue quite strongly in favour of me not extending any time limits here, aren't you?
3: Absolutely I mean
1: frankly we, we haven't oh, got
3: yes. have time for this debate. Are
1: okay, allowed, so uh, uh, can I take questions on it? Are we gonna Sure, that, as sure, as 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 I, as will, questions I
0: will question I will <laughs> I, I will ask you some questions. So so you've got Robert Webb and Jennifer Saunders playing window cleaners in nineteen forties Boston Lincolnshire. Yeah. Um where does the restaurant kitchen come in?
1: They live in the restaurant kitchen because their house got blown up because of the war.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, go on.
1: <laughs> yours, yours better be good, Sarah.
3: <laughs> yeah, we are making ourselves hostages to fortune by piling in on Mike every opportunity. <laughs> I mean,
2: if, if it was something about Mike's celebrity. it just sounded like really tragic <laughs> it was
1: tragic uh, yeah. tragedy plus time equals comedy
2: right of sure.
0: Uh, okay sure um, okay we, have, we, have we got any other questions for Mike uh, where, yeah sorry I do, I do have a question um, what's going to be funny
1: um, so the 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 loved ones that they're worried about are their horses which have been <laughs> drafted into the Royal Logistics Corps um, and they're planning a, a madcap scheme to steal a Lancaster bomber and rescue the horses
0: and can we clarify are the horses are they speaking roles uh,
1: the horses are uh, will be pantomime horses probably um, and they will speak but they only they're French so they only speak French
0: Okay, um, that, I have to say that last bit has saved the pitch. Uh, it's it's it, because even no matter what the drops, bit no matter what drops follows, uh, I probably still wasn't going to commission this, but it has a chance because it has some French pantomime horses. Because uh, I'm visiting like a warhorse style production
1: now, um, but with Jennifer Saunders, Jennifer Saunders and and, and, Robert, and Robert Webb, Webb. yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. The roles they were born to play.
0: It's it's certainly it's it's challenging. It's pushing the boundaries of <laughs> of comedy. Whether it's what we want to see on a prime time on NBC, that remains to be seen. What the alternatives what, are. What's it um, called, Mike? Oh yeah, sorry. Title. Most important thing.
1: It's called <laughs> War Horses.
3: That's <They're> spelled W O R.
1: Well, Is, that that how Is that how they speak in Boston? <laughs> Warhorses. <laughs> yes, that's they're actually these these two are Geordies that are being played by Lincolnshire folk in a Lincolnshire set a sitcom, and that's why it's called Warhorses.
3: Good, good. Executive producer Some credit for me there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you still thinking you might lose to that? <laughs>
1: how bad i feel
0: confident literally every other week <laughs> okay but but mike's not produced anything like that before
1: that's because normally this is the first time i've thought about it in advance uh and also normally i have more than 30 seconds uh so i can talk myself into a into a show um
0: okay um who who drew the next shortest straw i think it was
2: sarah uh, my show is called garlic Breadline. Um, the, the glazer family have washed windows in boston for more than 40 years scraping together just enough to get by when they smash a priceless stained glass window in an upmarket italian restaurant their kids are forced to work in the basement of the restaurant to make up the cost they're living on the garlic breadline. <laughs> um
0: wonderful and very very brief that was a, that was probably not even 20 seconds um right so who who do you envisage playing uh, your lead characters
2: oh um probably de niro um, <laughs> and um what's the name of the one that plays pam and gavin and stacy alison alison stedman she'll be stedman. It. Yeah. She's
0: a, yeah 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 so, so they're in an italian restaurant the windows have been smashed up um, th- which loved ones are they worrying about? Sorry,
2: uh, the kids. The kids. Um, so the that- kids who've
1: been thrown into indentured servitude.
2: Indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they're they worried about that.
1: And this is Boston,
0: Massachusetts, or Boston, Lincolnshire? Uh, I, I
2: went from Massachusetts.
0: Okay, I think that's probably going to play better with our audience. So, so I, I, I like the title. Um,
3: yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> it's
3: I mean, nice. uh, Rob, you basically pick these based on whether the, the title is funny and therefore, I mean, this is going to win, isn't it? That's what's going to happen here.
2: Well, <laughs>
3: well I,
0: don't, I don't know. I don't know because Mike's title was very much fitted. I mean, he literally changed the premise of his show.
3: I, I mean, I'm sorry, Mike's title.
2: <laughs> sorry, yeah, so it was t- technically
0: technically your title anyway our title um, <laughs> yeah um, no I think it, I think it's a I think it's, it's a solid contender um based on the competition we've seen so far thanks
1: uh, have we got um, any other questions for Sarah what, how why are they not involved in the war um
2: because um,
0: because it's 1941 and the US hasn't joined the war yet
1: uh. ah bollocks. How Thanks. Executive producer. Are there any horses in
2: this? <laughs> um, there's no horses. There's no
3: budget for horses once you've hired De Niro, for fuck's sake.
2: Exactly. He would not work with horses.
3: <laughs> Very good. Okay, no, I
0: do I, I do like it. Uh I like yep, yeah, Our uh, garlic bread line. That's uh I can see that catching on. Paul right. Uh, you have the you have the honour of rounding off this presentation. Make it good, please.
3: I'll do my best. So I'm going for sort of a heartfelt uh, blue collar taxi driver slash dinner lady sort of feel. Uh, it's in Boston during the war. The men are all away, so Alison, Bree and Amy Schumer are left behind to uh, wash windows. When they're not washing windows, they are talking about their their situations in the restaurant kitchen. Um, and Alexandra Ocasio-Ortiz guest stars as another window washer in the <laughs> series finale. Obviously, um, to get some cross uh, pan-Atlantic appeal, there'll be uh, a, a Brit who's stuck on the wrong side of the Atlantic during the war who will be played by uh, plucky another plucky blue-collar character, a uh, friend of the show, machine Conaty. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's mm. going to get machine comedy yeah. in. Okay, that's that certainly helps, and she's
0: certainly more achievable budget-wise than Robert De Niro, and just as versatile, um, I would say.
3: Oh, when it's called <laughs> uh, when I'm cleaning windows, obviously. Uh,
1: does that, okay, does that scan in the US? Was George Foreman big over there?
3: No, that's how we're getting away with the copyright.
1: <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I'm not. I'm not sure we've got the legal the legal
0: rights to that.
1: George Formby's shark lawyers will
0: be <laughs> <laughs> famously litigious. <laughs> yes, well, I'm I'm really torn
3: here. Um,
2: Hang on, I, are the restaurant do you do you have the restaurant kitchens in yours, Paul?
3: Yeah, that's that's where they inexplicably go to. Because so, we're not going to show any window washing because that's quite high budget and we won't get the stunt clearance. So uh, they they go there, and that's you know one of their mates probably runs it. I don't know. It's
1: all right, Rob. You can give it to someone that isn't me this week.
0: Oh, well, I, I don't. The <laughs> problem is, and I really, I really, really, really do not want to re- to reward your behaviour. Um, but I like the the French punch by horses.
3: I think which of these would I be most likely to? I'm watch? just reading out. The, I'm uh, just it's, reading it's... out War and Peace next episode. I tell you. <laughs> 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 um,
1: <laughs> just imagine it just imagine it Rob it will cut to them every now and then again while they're uh, while Jen and Rob are talking it will cut to them I'll say one of them will say I wonder how the horses are getting on Pierre and Jean Paul and they'll cut to them and they will be these pantomime horses with cigarettes hanging out their mouths and they'll be shrugging
0: garlic garlic, <laughs>
1: garlic uh, <laughs> around, around their necks.
3: necks and they'll be like it's just as well oh, this is all happening in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I thought it was so, all going to be a so, bit darker I thought you were just going to cut to them you know and he's going to say ah oh, je suis fatigué de la guerre
1: <laughs> they're going to be very sad they'll be, writing, they'll be writing French war poetry is what they'll be doing <laughs> the horses
0: <laughs> okay so so I, I, I can't give it the prize to Mike because because um, it's nonsense really isn't it but uh I've already kind of forgotten the premise of the other two Um, Robert De Niro Robert De Niro was was it oh garlic bread line okay so that's a very strong title Um, Robert De Niro was in that going to be expensive but we'll get the viewers
3: I suppose again this is is 90s Robert De Niro isn't it rather than phoning it in 2010s Robert De Niro yeah
2: this isn't a (laughs) guy who's
3: going to do an advert for a car
2: I was sort of imagining that um, 2010 Robert De Niro was the only one that would do this. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. You don't think he's going to clear Godfather Two off his schedule? To... <laughs> I'm
0: not. I'm not convinced. And, uh, and 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 so and so that was in the Italian restaurant. This is easily taken oh. as long as
3: it did in Series Two. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is the uh, question, Rob. Sarah.
3: You win. Oh, thanks. Um, but
0: but next week, I expect more from all of you.
1: <laughs> True.
0: So that was that was I've Got 99 Sitcoms, but this pitch ain't one. Um, and you've been listening to Between the Laughs with uh, me, Rob Cowan, him, Paul Brunger. Hello. No, goodbye. Sarah Moore. <laughs> and him, Mike Techman.
1: Troy and I bed in the morning... Good night. It's from that <laughs> show we watched.